You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. Man, I am excited to teach today. I am um, I'm humbled by your kindness. I, um, we were not expecting that at all, and I can't wait to see what's in those boxes, and I uh, uh, can't wait to eat what's in those boxes. It smells good, whatever's in there, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, if you catch me uh, after service, I'll share. And so um, just, just excited to come to you today. i got a couple of announcements before we get started. Um, number one, I want to thank you. Um, this past week, you guys absolutely blew our minds with your benevolence. We absolutely packed that truck out for Hurricane Ian survivors. Thank you for being a giving people. It is so important that we always remember the least among us, those who need the most. You know, that's why we established Hope City. It's because there always has to be a place that people can fall back to that they can find hope. There always has to be a place that no matter how dark it seems, that a light continues to shine forward. And this past week, you guys were that light for so many families uh, down uh, the south part of the state. So thank you for giving. Uh, Also want to uh, give you a quick update. Keep praying about the land. Keep praying about the land. I think it was a week ago I came to you and just asked you to uh, pray with us. Can I tell you, we are so close. We are so close. Keep praying. The Bible says, the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Keep praying. Keep believing. We are believing to be under contract for a piece of land in the next 10 days. Amen. And so keep praying. Keep praying. We're going to try to acquire this land. And I'm going to tell you, I just feel the spirit of God, the wind of God at our back, that we are taking the land. Amen. That we're going and we're possessing the land in Jesus' name. And we're going to do it for the kingdom of the most high. Uh, How many of you guys like to camp outside, at least when it's cool outside? I'm not talking about you summer uh, uh, camper outers. I can't hang out with y'all. I'm talking about when God provides the air conditioning, we go outside. Those kind of people. Amen. Uh, Well, I want to invite you, Mark Simmons. Uh, and his small group do a camp out in the early spring and the fall. Uh, and they're doing that uh, October 28th uh, and 29th at, uh, we call it Camp Norwood. Uh, it's Craig and Eve Norwood's place out in Laurel Hill. And we want to invite each and every one of you, if you want to go be a part, you can talk to Mark Simmons. Uh, he's floating around here today. Is Mark in here where we can show him to everybody? Uh, maybe he'll come in for the end of service. I'll point him out to you. But Mark Simmons is over that. If you want to be a part and you just want to get to know some other families here, every week new families are coming and it's imperative that we get to know you. It's imperative that you get to know us. So this is a wonderful opportunity to just sit around. Uh, We're going to deep fry hot dogs. Come on, somebody. You ever had a deep fried hot dog? Good gracious. It don't get much better than that. I mean... And then the, 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 the casings pop, and they, then they take on this weird shape, but then they're crunchy, then they're tender, and they're salty, and man, it's just, come on. Uh, I still got another service to preach. I got to stop. I got to stop. Um, but, but I will tell you this. You're going to have a great time if you, if you join us out there. I'm going to be there Friday, 
uh, the 28th. I don't think I'm going to stay the night because we've got things for the family early on 29th. So even if you can't stay the night, yeah, that's why. Yeah, don't want to sleep on the floor, but I'll see you the Friday night. Um, I say that in joking, but we do have a lot of things going on with our family. So if you can't make it to stay the night, just come hang out with us on Friday. Uh, it'll be a great time. So um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Today I'm landing the plane. I'm landing the plane of the series, The Kingdom. Bringing it in for a close. How many of y'all have been blessed by this series? Man, it has challenged me. My goodness, it has challenged me. It has recalibrated my thinking in a lot of areas. It has, it has shifted my paradigms uh, and my expectations of God's word. Uh, and so today is no different. Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Um, this past week, I was thinking, Lord, just, just give us some nuggets from your, your, your word. And it dawned on me this verse, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added. We take for granted that a lot of the um, laws uh, that we operate and function under as citizens of the United States, uh, we travel from state to state, but a lot of those laws stay very similar. But that's not the case around the world. There are places in Europe where you travel, you know, a few hundred miles and you've crossed three or four different countries where the laws are drastically different. And what's interesting is you would be foolish to expect protection under American law in Europe. You're not there. You're under a different jurisdiction. And so what this verse tells me, again, this hit me this week is, but seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. If you want to operate and function under the power of the kingdom of heaven, you will operate and function according to its laws. That's about being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And then all these things will be added to you. So today we're going we're gonna to land the plane talking about a parable that speaks about the end of the colonization. This is a parable where Jesus was sharing what it's going to be in the end, the end of times, the end of days. And the closer we get to October, the more I want to teach scary stuff. Look at your neighbor and go, doom, doom, doom. The, uh, this, is, this is Jesus saying what it's going to be like in the end. What will happen at the end of days? What will happen when we leave the season of grace and then judgment takes place? We see this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. This is also a very unique parable because just a few verses down, Jesus goes into a specific explanation of this parable. So we're going to look at it today. It has, it's, it's a multifaceted, a beautiful, you know, when you look at a diamond, every different direction you look is a different facet of the diamond and you get a new beauty. And this verse is no different. All these different ways to look at it, you're gonna find beauty in it. Let's read in Matthew 13, verse 24 through 30. It says, another parable he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? 
He said to them, an enemy has done this. And the servant said to him, do you want us to then go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. In just a few more verses, Jesus gives us uh, literally line by line an explanation of this verse. But I want to tell you that it is a multifaceted verse that we can look at this and we can uh, uh, um, glean favor in a lot of different areas. And so today I just want to talk to you about a few of those areas and then we're going to talk about the spiritual aspect which Jesus gives us more clarity uh, in verse 37 through 43. But first I want to talk to you about the practical side of this. I don't know if there's ever been a parable that has affected my ministry more than this parable. Several months back we were talking about the, the development of Hope City. What is it that will make us effective? Obviously, there's the spiritual aspect that we stay plugged into God, that we stay focused on him. But there's also systems and structure that are necessary to loving 750 people, right? Imagine a church that had no systems and no structure. There would be no uh, flowers. There would be no uh, congratulatory cards in the mail. Uh, there would be no way of informing you when there's an important uh, event that pertains to you and your family. The systems and structures of the church are necessary to the pastoral uh, uh, needs of the flock. And so as we were going through the development of the house and thinking, what is it that we need to develop? God gave us this verse. And God spoke to me and he said, what is the difference between a wheat and a tear? A wheat is something that nourishes. We know that wheat is where flour comes from, it's where grains come from. Um, it, it is something that can nourish the body. A tear, however, is a plant, a weed that looks almost identical to a stalk of wheat. To the untrained eye, you probably would not recognize the difference. It would take somebody who is in the field as a farmer to recognize a crop of tear and a crop of wheat. And the problem is, is they are intermixed together in this parable. And so we began to study this parable and we felt the Lord say, what is it that you're doing that is productive and what is it that just looks productive? What is it that you're doing as the leadership of Hope City that maybe you've done in the past and it just seemed to be productive, but maybe now we've outgrown it and maybe we can reposition that time to be more effective, to nourish people more with our time. And so as we begin to study the parable, I realize that this parable speaks to all of us in a very unique way in several areas or facets of our life. The first area I want to challenge you in is first the area of your business, the area of work. Can I tell you early on, uh, my brother and I were business partners for years. He was my first business partner. And, um, uh, and we worked together until I was, I think, 37 years old. 
So for 20 years, we worked together. And we used to go, and every year, we would look at what we were doing, and we would say, what is uh, productive versus what is just busy? Have you ever been there to where you look at your schedule and you say, I'm very busy, but what of my time is actually productive versus what is just busy? Have you ever done this? I will challenge each and every one of you, especially as we're going into the end of the year and we're shifting over into 2023, have a very clear perspective of what the difference is between being busy and being productive. You will find that there are areas of your life that look productive. They look like they produce, like they yield some kind of return, but in essence, they're busy and there's no production from it. There's no return from it. So even in our business life, in our work life, we have to understand what is nourishment and what just looks like nourishment. What is it that is beneficial to us as individuals, to our organizations that we represent? What is uh, uh, beneficial to us as business owners? Uh, A lot of realtors, a lot of teachers, a lot of people. Look at what your day entails and begin to recognize that pure busy, you can go broke being busy. Maybe I need to say it a little bit louder. You can go broke being busy but you'll never go broke being productive. So begin to look at your day and break it down hour by hour, midday, half days, full days, weeks. What am I doing that's actually yielding return versus just looking busy? Because I can tell you, I grew up uh, going to a ranch and, 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 and I remember there was a penalty if we weren't busy. I don't know if y'all ever, if y'all were raised this way, but if we didn't have something to do, my grandfather would create something for us to do. And so we got really good at looking busy and looking productive when all we were doing was kind of just, you know, we're going to roll the bells of hay over here for a while and, ooh, that's tiring. And then when he turned around, oh, we're rolling them back to where they came from. And, you know, ooh, man, we're so tired. We're so busy. We're so productive. But in the truth, We were just trying to prevent production. Can I tell you that we've gotten really good as a society of being busy? I challenge each and every one of you, look at what is beneficial. Don't look at busy. Look at beneficial. Look at productive. And if you do that, here's why I'm challenging you with this. Because ultimately, what this parable is about is stewardship. How are you stewarding your time? How are you stewarding the business that God gave you? How are you stewarding the career that God blessed you with? Look with great detail every day. What am I doing that is actually yielding a return? What is beneficial to my client, my business, my final desire versus what is just busy? And if you'll do that, you can put this parable to work for you in that area of your life And I believe, like I said, it's multifaceted. It's a blessing in about every area you apply it to. I can tell you this. It yielded about a 30% net return on our time. About 30% of our day was given back to us when we looked at what is actually productive versus what is just busy. 
A 30% return. How many of you will take uh, three hours on a 10-hour day back? Praise God. I, I mean, I really wish. Maddie asked me today what I want for Christmas. I said a 28-hour day. Like, I just need more time sometimes in a day. You ever get that way? You know, this parable can help you get to where you're maximizing your time. What is actually beneficial versus what's just busy. The next area or facet of our life that I believe this can bless us in is in our relationships. It's in our relationships. We have to be very, very careful as believers that we love everyone always, amen? I'm gonna say it again. We love everyone always, right? Okay. Although we love everyone always, we cannot function and yield every ounce of who we are in every relationship or we will be empty for when God calls us to function. Case in point, we have to steward relationships as some that are reciprocal and some we're just called to be a blessing in. And we have to know the difference. Have you ever had a relationship that you thought was reciprocal and it turned out there was no reciprocity at all. You were just giving, 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 giving. And pretty soon you're empty and you turn to the person and go, your turn, and they go, thanks for playing, and they're out. What this verse tells us in our relationship is to understand the difference between wheat and tares. Did you know there are relationships that you are called to solely supply them with a life-giving nourishment of God's love? That it's just on you just to love them. But God has also established relationships that feed you with the love of God. And that it's just as important for us to find those relationships as it is to go out and find the relationships that we pour into. We have to have nourishment in and of ourselves from our relationships so that we can go and be full and be filled through those relationships in order to pour out into other relationships that aren't reciprocal. I challenge you in this, go through your relationships. Which relationships are reciprocal? Which relationships are a blessing to you? Which relationships? And in a season to where you feel empty, I would tell you to focus on those relationships. Going into the holiday season, it's a wonderful thing to give gifts. It's a wonderful thing to be with uh, uh, people who are uh, in reciprocal covenant relationship with each other. But can I tell you, uh, we find that a lot of our time in the season goes to just randomly giving gifts. And while that's a wonderful picture, I would tell you it can also be a picture of a flaw in our life. How many of you guys are just natural givers? It's okay, brag on yourself for a minute. You're just a natural giver. Sure, I am too. I'd, I'd much rather give than receive. But can I tell you, there are days to where I'm just wore out and I'm wondering, where's my giver? Where are the people that feed me? And so I've learned to steward my relationships. I have a very, very small group of people that feed me. A very small group of people that feed me. But I know I can trust them in the moments to when I'm empty, I can reveal my emptiness to them and they will fill me. They will encourage me. They will remind me of God's word. They'll remind me that I'm called and chosen to do the work that I'm in. But if I take my emptiness 
to the wrong relationship, they will draw from me even when I'm empty. And I will find myself giving what I don't have to give. And then I get burnt out. Then I get weary. Then I start losing the fruit of the Spirit. Then I start turning into my old self, and I don't ever want to be that. So I challenge each of you to steward your relationships as wheat and tares. You're always going to have tares. There's always going to be those people. Here's another thing about wheat. Wheat, when it grows roots, it is pulling nourishment to feed something besides itself. Tares, weeds, all their roots do is nourish themselves and destroy the roots of wheat. Have you ever had a relationship in your life that you just seen, what are they doing? Do they even realize how destructive they're being? There are people out here that have never learned that they have a higher calling than being the weed that just suckles life out of other people. And they may not even be doing it in their own response. They might not even know they're doing it. But in the meantime, you find yourself constantly having to give what you don't have to give to keep another adult happy because they should be pulling from God what you're pulling from God. But instead, they're trying to pull from you what they should be getting from him. Wheat and tares, baby. Wheat and tares. We've got to figure this thing out because it's so important that every facet, every facet of our life is stewarded correctly. We steward our finances. We steward our business. We steward our work life. We steward our families. That's a whole other aspect of this. What of my life benefits my family? What of my life Benefits Wendy, Maddie, Gabriel, and Nora. There has to be a portion of my life that just feeds them. And can I tell you, that's one of the hardest things for me to balance. Because they, they, I've got a, an amazing family, I've got an amazing wife, and what it can look like is that they're doing just fine because they do a really good job of just maintaining Maybe your family's like us. You do a great job of maintaining the status quo. You do a great job of just masking over the emptiness and the pain. And so you keep moving forward and then all of a sudden you realize that there's an emptiness because the people that God has put in your life to pour into you are too busy pouring into other people. And so another thing we started, we started Hope City is that every week I look at my schedule and no matter what's going on, I find time. If I've got to move something, if I've got to reschedule something. Some of you have received a text from me saying I need to reschedule because I've looked at my schedule and I have not spent a moment with my family this week. But you know what? That's my number one ministry. That's my number one ministry. Can I tell you, it's your number one ministry. I love that you want to get involved with small groups. I love that you want to serve at the church, but it cannot come at the expense of you, your wife, your husband, your children. Can I just, can I just ask you to trust me with something that if we see your family struggling, would you trust us to come to you and say, hey, maybe this isn't the season for you to serve. Maybe this isn't the season, because let me tell you this, churches come and go, God gave you one family. 
If something happens to Hope City, God will raise up another church. Don't worry. God will keep moving forward. God's not worried about Hope City. Can I tell you something? You worry about what he gave you to worry about in the order that he gave you to worry about it. Number one, are you stewarding your relationship with him? Number two, are you pouring and investing into your families? Are you investing in your families? What good would it do me to, to, to go out and, 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 and proselytize the entire city of Crestview for the glory of God, but yet I lose my children to the enemy? There'd be no joy in that. However, if I do it right, God will give me the strength to do both. But it's got to be in the order that he gave me to do it. Wheat and tares. What is nourishing to my family versus what just looks. I don't know how real y'all want me to get today. But I'm guilty of looking really healthy. I'm guilty at functioning at high levels and appearing that everything's okay. I'm guilty at going autopilot. I'm guilty of people saying, Pastor, how's it going? Better than I deserve. Boom, boom, moving forward, right? Pastor, how you doing? Winning, kicking the devil's teeth in, right? We got all these one-liners. Pastor, how you doing? Any better, take two of me. How many of y'all heard me use that one? I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I'm so busy feeding other people that I don't even take a few minutes to sit down and nourish myself. You say, well, how do you get these sermons? Oh, I've spent plenty of time preparing your food. I promise you, you'll get a hot meal every Sunday here. But there are weeks that I've got to re recalibrate and say, what have you done for yourself spiritually? What have you done to be the man of God in your house that I've called you to be, Josh? What, what are you doing to strengthen you as a man? But instead, we just keep high-fiving, keep moving forward. Got so many irons in the fire, you don't even know which one to grab next. So we just go on autopilot. Anybody else guilty of that in here? We just keep on moving. We just, as long as we just, man, just keep the plate spinning. Just whatever it takes, don't stop. And the whole time we have a loving father saying, stop. It's never bigger than you. There's nothing you do that is more important than you. That's the love of the father. I was talking to Maddie the other day, her schedule. She's got choir, she's got all state, she's got all districts, she's got all these different things she's doing. And I told her the other day, I said, I want you to know, there's nothing that you're invested in that's more precious than you. There is nothing that you can do that is more valuable than who you are. And as it was coming out of my mouth, I thought, are you the pot or the kettle? <laughs> I'm getting too real as a pastor. I'm sorry. I should just keep high-fiving and grinning like everything's okay. 
Can I tell you, the Bible says that even the strong get weary. Even the strong get weary. I know you're strong, but I also know why you're weary, because I've been there. I've drank from the chalice of weariness. I know what it is to just function, and just every day you get up, and it feels like you go to bed again, and you think, what even happened today? You just got an autopilot, and you survived another day. Can I tell you, that's something you have to fix. That's not separating wheat and tares. You see, wheat and tares calls you to understand that there's things that you might be doing that are not beneficial to you spiritually. What are those things? What is wheat to your spirit? What feeds you spiritually? What just looks like it feeds you spiritually but leaves you empty? You see, the craziest thing about tares that it can look like wheat all day long, but you can try to eat it and it will give you nothing. There's no vitamins, there's no minerals, there's no nourishment, there's no carbohydrates, there's nothing. It's just a weed. What is it that we're trying to feed ourselves that leaves us hungry? What is it that we're trying to nourish ourselves spiritually and emotionally on that leaves us anemic. Can I tell you that God will reveal those things to you? But you've got to take the first step in taking an honest look at your life and saying, what is it that I'm doing? Am I nourishing myself spiritually or am I just... Jumping through hoops. I'm going to take this a step further today. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to close here in just a minute. What we have learned in America is how to look the part without ever having to be the part. You see, I can convince any of you that I'm a pastor. But you don't know my heart. Only God knows that. Some of you in here, you come here week in, week out, and I praise God for it. But you have even convinced yourself that you have a relationship with Jesus. And you know when to amen. You know when to shout glory. You know all the moves. But when it comes down to having a richness in your relationship with Jesus, you're anemic. Wheat and tares. You have chased the appearance of righteousness more than you've chased the God of righteousness. Can I tell you, he loves you enough to interrupt a preacher's sermon to come after you today? Because it's just a simple realignment. It's not a major thing God's asking for. It's simply an understanding as a level of God consciousness that we live by to understand that we're not alone. 
God, if I'm empty, you know I'm empty. I'm not gonna shock you with my spiritual status. I'm not gonna blow back the doors of heaven by being honest. He already knows. He knows that I've been over here so busy with these tears that I left my wheat a long time ago. So here's my challenge to you today as I close. Not just in every area and facet of your life, but I want you to take a good look here before we leave. Are you truly invested in your relationship with Christ? Or have you, like many, can I tell you, so many have fallen. This is what this parable is all about, and I'm fixing to show it to you. So many have become so busy looking the part that they miss the beauty of the Father altogether. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. You see, because this, this is why, this is why Jesus didn't let us wonder about this parable. I love how loving and gracious he is. Matthew chapter 13, verse 37 through 43, it says, so he answered and said to them, he's explaining the parable. He said, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Son of man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend. Those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire, there will be a wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous who shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. It says, let him who has ears hear. Let them hear. Let me paraphrase this. There are those who have sowed seeds of righteousness and they're living according to that righteousness. They're in the right place doing the right things, but there are those who are in the right place and they're not doing the right things. They're in the same field. But one is nourishing. One is feeding. One builds up the church. The other is just filling up space. Just taking up a seat. Wheat and tares. It's so easy. It's so easy to, to make the transition. You say, Pastor, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know which one I am. Can I tell you? Let's just play it safe. And let's just ask God to renew in us a spirit and a desire for him like never before. Can I tell you, it's so easy to come in here and check the box of church. Man, it is so easy. I was reading a newspaper article a few weeks back online, and they were the Barna Institute was asking people about what they thought about going to church. And they asked this uh, 
one little boy, he was nine years old. They said, what is church? And he says, it's what we do before going to the lake. Yes. It's easy to get there. Well, we're going to go to church because it's just the right thing to do. And I tell you, if you're just checking a box, don't waste any time here. Just checking boxes will leave you empty. Just checking boxes, that's what the world requires of you. The kingdom requires intimacy. It requires knowing God. And my prayer is that each person here would leave this place knowing that you know, that you know, that you know that your relationship is not just checking boxes, but it's truly knowing that there is a God that loves you, that desires to reciprocate that love to you. He wants to show you things. He wants to reveal his word to you. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this in a while, but we serve the one true living God. He is not like other gods. He is not dead. He is not some idol. He is not some figurine we put in the garden. He is living and he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show you his love for you. But you have to approach him as if he's a living God, not a box that you check. Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14 says this. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. He's a God that knows you. My final question today is, do you know him? Do you know him? He is looking to reveal himself. He's looking to show his loving kindness to each person, but you don't get that by checking the box. You don't get that by just going through the motions of Christianity. You don't get that by just filling out a connect card. You get that by every day waking up with the understanding that there's a real God who loves you. You get that by reading the scripture and getting understanding of who he is by this love letter we call the Bible. What are you doing to nourish yourself spiritually? Have you been like me in seasons where you just go through and you just check a box? You're doing the right things, but you just feel a little emptier tomorrow than you did today. Can I tell you, that's not your father's heart for you. He wants you to know that you know that you know that he's real. And that's going to be my prayer for us today. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. If you're here and you say, Josh, I've, I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of just functioning in that, that dead space, that, that emptiness. I've been guilty of having the appearance of righteousness, but whether I'm righteous or not, I, I don't know. I just really know how to pretend well. If that's you and you want to recalibrate today, if that's you and you want to realign your heart today, if 
that's you and you say, Josh, I, I just want to make a new commitment that it's not about what it looks like, it's about what it really is going to be. If that's you today and you're sick of dining on the tears of this world, you're sick of nourishing yourself on things that do not feed you and you're ready to dine on the manna of heaven again, if that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, just raise your hand. I'm not gonna call you for it, I'm just gonna pray for you. Hand, 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 hands all over the room. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Anyone else? Hands all over the room. Anyone else? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, you see him. You see him. You see him. You are Elroy, the God who sees. We thought we were hiding. We thought we were functioning well enough that you wouldn't see our emptiness. But you see, you don't miss when your children have a need. You don't miss when your children are malnourished. You don't miss a thing like that. And I thank you for being a God who sees today. Father, my prayer is simple. For each person that raised their hand, I pray that you would elect Electrify them with the Holy Spirit. That you would set their life on fire by the power of the Holy Ghost. Remind them of your presence. Even when they're thinking about something else, interrupt their reality with who you are. Realign us with your word. And not so we're just out here just checking boxes of doing the right things. No, that we're chasing a righteous God that we're coming after you with everything that you've given us, that we're being obedient, that we're being good stewards with every aspect of our life, but that we're not gonna mask our emptiness anymore. We're gonna bring it before the one true living God and we're going to trust you to refill us. I thank you for being the God who sees today. I pray you would bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the precious blood of Jesus from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper, not even our own short-sightedness, not even our own busyness, not even our own desire just to get through another day and hopefully find peace at a different time. No, it's your will that we operate and function from a place of peace, not work to get to a place of peace. That the peace comes from inside of us, not from anything peripheral. So Father, I thank you that as we go, we go refreshed and renewed by your presence. We go with the understanding that you're involved. Even in our emptiness, you wanna be involved. So just refresh your people today. Renew your people. Just reinvigorate us spiritually. And I rebuke the enemy that would come in and try to plant these things, these items that do not yield spiritual nourishment. I rebuke those seeds in Jesus' name. 
And I thank you, Lord, for letting the wheat of your righteousness, the wheat of your presence, and the wheat of your word flourish in our life again. I ask these things in the name that is above every other name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word in our heart. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. We love you. We bless you. And we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.